0: Oh, 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 oh.
1: Good evening, church family. Good evening, virtual church family. I'm excited that you guys are here with us this evening on our Tuesday night. We are now at night 17 in the QR2 Prophecy Edition. And boy, am I glad that you are here. God has a special blessing in store for you. And I want to go ahead and invite my co-host, Pastor Kagea Scott. Y'all already met him earlier this week. And listen, he's already excited. I can feel his energy. There he is. Come on, man. Bring me in.
2: Come on. Doc. I appreciate you not leaving me back there in the cold, man.
1: No, 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 no. Excited to be here with you, man. I'm glad that you're here. How are you feeling? What's going on in your neck of the woods?
2: Man, we're doing good, man. We're still trying. Listen, uh, we've been doing something called the Academy Podcast. And and today we interviewed T. Marshall Kelly, man. Wow. It was so, you know, right. I know it was it was awesome. Doc. only thing you have to do with him is just say hi and just let him go. And, right, um, right. and I'm grateful, man, to be able to put that out on this side of coming up, man. We got and we've interviewed so many great people like yourself that um, it's just a blessing, man. Not just that that, that we are getting better at asking questions, man, but you got the right people. Hey, they do all the work for you. Right. So, right. Just, just grateful for God, man, for his grace in that.
1: Good stuff. Keep going, man. Keep going. You guys are doing a great job there at the Academy podcast. You and Pastor Humphreys. So we thank you guys for continuing to just. Produce that amazing content listen we gotta give a shout out to a couple of people if you don't mind go ahead and say hi to a few folk i'm gonna go ahead and throw them up on the screen look oh, who we got here with Matt this.
2: from huntsville alabama what's up <laughs> Yeah,
1: yes all the right building. we
2: got uh marva in here from chesapeake virginia we got yeah. folks from all over in this place man just we great, do. all of them come on in who got next shirley all right from houston all right uh-huh. we got some texans we got a texan preacher now coming tonight all right. Right. All right, Shirley. She said okay. Pastor oh, Scott just is got, live. She got much to say. <laughs> all right, Shirley. Look all at this, right, man. All right, Thomas. Taylor in the house. we glad to have you. Where are you from? England. Okay, see, England and Texas representing tonight, huh? Right, right listen. Right.
1: They already know who's preaching, so they're ready.
2: Okay, now, now why are they coming in here from Deerfield Beach? I wonder why
1: man i don't know i think that because they 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 have a certain anointing on their lives i love my beerfield beach folk listen we got people from all over and we are so grateful that you're here tuning in don't 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 forget to let us know where you're tuning in from but also make sure that you press that share button we want to make sure everybody knows that this is happening live hey, yes yes
2: hey man you know what i was thinking about with this share thing man what oh, kept coming oh. to my mind? Dude, I was thinking about Delirious, man. I was thinking about Eddie Murphy. I was thinking about this scene where he sets where the ice cream truck comes, man, and he gets some ice cream and he got an ice cream cone and some of the other people don't have none. And he's just teasing them like, I got some ice cream. I got some, (laughs) and you can't have none. And I was thinking about the fact that, man, when you got something that's real good, a lot of times you want to keep it to yourself. But Mm -hmm. man, the cute, Quarantine revival ain't like that, man. This right. thing, man, is not like ice cream, man. It's not like cake, man. It's not like money, man. You can share this thing. Because usually, when you share, you lose it something. Man, you yeah. can share this thing and you can still get it in its totality, even though yeah. you share it with somebody else, man. So yeah. share this thing publicly. Share <laughs> this good. thing to everybody. You don't everybody. Only got to be specific. Just share
1: it. Just share it. Just share. It. Look, so many people are in need of hope. Listen, we on social media, on the news, are receiving so many updates that are keeping us informed of, of this movement that is afoot. That's not just located here in America, but all over the world. This Black Lives Matters m- movement, as well as uh, this 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 cause for social justice and. We're trying to to make things happen. But listen, with all of this that's happening, y'all, it's traumatic. It truly is. It's affecting many of us in different ways. And one of the things I think is such a blessing with this quarantine revival is that we get a chance to not just get some power-packed, anointed preachers who preach the word of God and give us practical lessons on how we can move forward and be effective during this time. But y'all, we need some hope. Last night, Pastor Richard Martin talked about that that hope is on the horizon. And that's one of the things that this thing provides. We just wanna make sure that we not only encourage you to be responsible with your civic duty, go out there, register to vote, and also protest and make your voice known and do what you can do to help move this movement forward. But we also want you to be encouraged along the way, to be inspired, to know that people are praying with you and that we are on your side. You got support here at the QR too. So again, thank you for coming. Now make sure you share it because we want others to receive that encouragement as well. We do. So, listen, Pastor Scott. We're not going to waste much time tonight. We got a power-packed preacher who's in the virtual building. And if you don't mind, I'd love to kind of rush right over to this 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 introduction because I want the people to know at the beginning of this experience what they have in store for them. So, who do we have preaching tonight?
2: Man, listen, we got Laurent Grosvenor coming in the house. And and just just personally, dude, I want to tell you that I met this guy when he was a freshman in college. I brought him up to a church where I was conducting the services. And man, when I called him up just to do a little thing, I called him up just to to do the prayer for us, man. And when he started praying, I realized that he should have been the one that had me helping him out. Because as a freshman, this guy already had the anointing, man. I'm looking at his bio. This man been preaching since he was nine years old and consistently have been bringing the word of God to the people of God. This man, Leron, man, is is ironic or should I say poetic that this Alpha is is pastoring now a church called Alpha Seventh-day Adventist Church down there in Austin, Texas, man. And I know those people are happy to have him. And now they're going to be able to share him and what he does for them with the rest of us. This is one of only three people in the world, one of only three people in the world that I can sit in a passenger seat and go to sleep while they're driving. What does that mean, man? In order for me to sleep, I'm, I'm kind of a control freak. In order for me to sleep, you know, it's gotta be somebody that gives me a sense of security. And I'm glad today that I can sit in the passenger seat once again. I can sit here and next to me driving this train, Taking us somewhere today is my man, Leron Grobner. He's getting in his seat. He's getting ready. He's putting his seatbelt on. He's he's checking his mirrors, making sure they're straight. He's putting his seat in the proper position, and he's ready to mash the gas. And right after we get uh, 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 some music, I'm sure this man is going to take us straight to the throne room of God. Listen, get your seatbelt on. Get ready, because we're going somewhere tonight.
1: Yes, we are. As a matter of fact, let me go ahead and show some love to all of you who are tuning in again from England. Listen, we got folk who are, 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 it's late over there and they said we're not going to miss this word because we know this power pack preacher is going to bring it tonight. So listen, I shout out all of you. Thank you so much. And I again, let me just throw some people in here real quick. We got people. I'm serious. Pastor Grosvenor, your ministry oh, is worldwide, okay. man. And we got folk all over the place who are coming to hear this word tonight and to worship with us. So again, thank you so much, Pastor, for coming through. We're excited about the word. Now, let me just go ahead and provide this opportunity for you, because listen, there's some people who are really struggling. I've been receiving some phone calls, some emails, some text messages, Pastor Scott. And there's some folk who are dealing with some serious financial issues during this time, losing jobs. And we were able to bless somebody today up in Virginia uh, because of your faithfulness. And they did not have enough money in order to meet their bills. They were about to be kicked out of their place. They have a family and they are sincerely struggling and while they're trying their very best god put it on our heart to bless them as they've reached out and i want you guys to know that your money is literally saving people's lives and we want to celebrate you for doing that and provide you more opportunity to do it because i just got a call i just got a call today, right before our program, that there is a young lady who just had a baby over in Texas, I believe it's the Dallas area. And she is struggling right now. She does not have a place to stay. Uh, She was recently, uh, because she just had her baby, uh, she was recently given the opportunity to come back and work. But she has to work in order to make money. And we want to bless her. We want to bless her. We want to make sure that she and her child have a place to stay, that they have a sturdy, consistent, um, just, just high quality of life during this season. So we want you guys, if you don't mind, to bless this young lady. I believe that this is going to be the very next person that we're going to bless with those of you who are willing to give and sow into this place, the QR2 Prophecy Edition. And I want to show you guys where you can give. We want you to go over to Cash App. And if you have a Cash App account, you can go in and send your seed to the money sign, the Q revival. Again, that's the money sign, the Q revival. Then you got over here, paypal.me forward slash the Q revival at PayPal. You can use that screenshot it. make sure that you send your seat that way. And if you don't have either one of those, or maybe desire to just use a card, a credit card, a debit card, you can do that over at www.theqrevival.com. Again, 100% of what you give goes toward those who are struggling. And we want to make sure that we continue to bless these families. Okay. So please, if you don't mind, pour in tonight, Because this this young lady who just had her baby, I think we're going to bless her tomorrow with all that you're willing to give this evening. So if you don't mind, pour on in, pour on in. I'm going to give tonight. As a matter of fact, I'm going to pledge $50 tonight that I'm going to send over to the QR Cash app, which is the way I like to do it. And however you want to do it, send your seed, please, because this young lady needs your help. And I'll give you the update as we're going to go and bless her tomorrow. Um, Pastor Scott, listen. I know that people are are just trying to figure out what way to go. How can we be affected during this time? Do I need to protest? Do I need to go out there and host our voters registration drive? Do I need to call my friends and make sure that they're registered? and All these different things. We want to be effective in this season. But do you mind praying for us because we need the wisdom of God, we need boldness and courage, and we need peace. Some of us who are dealing with the traumatic experiences of seeing all this stuff happening, we need peace. So Do you mind praying for us, Pastor Scott, tonight? We need you to pray, after which we'll go ahead and hear our song of preparation and meditation.
2: Amen. We're gonna pray now for wisdom, boldness, and peace. Lord, we love you so much. We praise you. First, can we just start there, Lord? Can we praise you? Can we give you all the glory and all the honor? We understand who our God is, what our God can do, and how our God inclines his ear to us and and hears our cries and responds to those. And Lord, we know that you're listening. So we're we're asking you now that you have your ear inclined to us. We're asking you, Lord, to, to help us not to make rash decisions, Lord, but give us the wisdom. Give us the wisdom Lord, to to know which way to go and what to do, Lord. there are so many different options, and sometimes you have to choose between good and very good and, and Lord, we're just asking you to give us the best option so that we cannot have a good outcome but a great outcome, Lord. You know twelve steps ahead of where we are, where we need to go. So Lord, help us to make the first few steps in the way that you'd have us to go through the wisdom that you give us, Lord You said if we ask you'll give it to us, and so we're asking for wisdom. Now, Lord, we're asking for boldness. Some of us, Lord, are are, are gun shy, Lord, because we're so used to trying to go along and get along. We're so used to trying to be the peacemaker. And sometimes it's time not to be just the peacemaker, but the squeaky wheel. And Lord, to get peace, we're going to have to squeak. And help us, Lord, to know when and where and how. And help us to have the courage to squeak loudly, Lord. Help us to have the courage to squeak enough so that folks downtown will come with the WD-40 and start spraying that stuff all over the place. Lord, help us to be the squeaky wheel. Help us to have the boldness that we need, Lord, to move some things forward. And Lord, we keep seeing video after video after video in city after city, even after after George Floyd, there's so many things that are happening, Lord, that, that get to us and that tweak us. That, and people all over are saying, stop to the police while they're doing things that they should not be doing. But still, it continues to go on, Lord. And it's hard for us to even open our phones or or scroll through Facebook or look at YouTube because we keep seeing video after video after video, Lord. And many of us with children, with young children, many of us, Lord, are scared. But we're asking you, Lord, to give us peace. Even in this storm, Lord, you said yay. Lord, you had your servant say it when he was talking about you, yay. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil because God is with me. Lord, be with us and help us to know and feel and understand that because you're with us, we can have peace no matter where we are, no matter what we're going through and no matter what the situation in our community is. And we thank you, Lord, for both the wisdom, the boldness, and also for the peace. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's sing it
3: together. Let the glory up, let the glory of the Lord, hey, Rise among us, let the glory of the Lord, oh yeah. Rise among us, let the praises of our King. Rise among us, let it rise. Come on, in your home, let's lift it up, you Let the glory, let the glory of the Lord, oh, yeah. Rise among us, let the glory of the Lord, oh, yeah. Rise among us, let the praises of our King rise among us. Let it rise, let's sing the next one. Yeah, oh. A prayer today, lift it up, oh, 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 hey, lift it up, let it rise, yeah. we want it to rise, I'm going to say, it. let the glory up let the glory of the Lord, hey, rise. The praises of our King rise among us. Let it rise. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Glory of the Lord. glory of the Lord. Rise among us. Let the glory of the Lord. Yeah, yeah. Rise among us. Let the praises of our King yeah. rise among us. Let it rise. Singing that choir. Joy of the Lord, hey. rise among us. Let the joy of the Lord we want it to rise. Let the praises Let the praise of our King rise among us. Let it rise. Hey, say that the joy of the Lord, joy of the Lord, we want it to rise among us. Let the joy of the Lord. Praises of our King rise among us. Let it rise. Sing it choir. Hey, see it. The-
1: grovner we're excited again that you are here this evening and we want you now to preach with freedom with liberty our hearts and our minds are open and again we praise god for your faithfulness and willingness to come the floor is now yours
4: thank you so much pastor jd for the invitation to come and share one more time in quarantine revival. Um, I'm so excited about what God is doing in this quarantine revival movement, the first section and now the second section. And I'm just honored to be here. Love you so much. You've been a friend over the years. Pastor Kaguya Scott, man, what a man of God. Thank you so much for being with us on today. And to all of you, um, I'm just so glad to be here. And I want to get straight into the word on today to Dr. Doggett. Uh, what an amazing man of God, my professor. Uh, we call him the sensei and how and how how wonderful it is to know uh, that even though he gave me a B in class, he still invite me back to preach. And so thank you so much, Dr. Doggett, uh, for doing that. I want to get into the word today. Uh, Revelation chapter 14, beginning of verse 6, we're dealing with Prophecy. The past few weeks have been dealing with prophecy. Let's let's say a word of prayer real quick. Gracious God, we thank you for this time, this season. Speak now to our hearts and our mind that we may see you more clearly, love you more dearly, and follow you more nearly. In Jesus' name. Amen. I, I, I want to wrestle with you a little bit on today, just for the next few minutes. Revelation chapter 14, beginning with verse 6. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Here's what the Bible says in Revelation chapter 14, beginning at verse six. Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people saying with a loud voice, fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come and worship him who made the heaven and the earth, the sea and the spring of water. And another angel followed saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen that great city because she has made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Then a third angel followed them saying with a loud voice, if anyone worships the beast and his image, and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. He shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. I wanna preach for the next few moments, I got your message, I got your message, I got your message Over the past couple of weeks. There has been a petition that has been spread across Facebook and other social media platforms by people who have been seeking to eradicate what we call in the seventh day Adventist church regional conferences for all intents and purposes. These are considered black conferences or black administered jurisdictions. If I'm honest this evening, this has greatly perturbed and disturbed me because when I think of the history of this country and the history of the Seventh-day Adventist church, I have to understand why these conferences were erected in the first place. They were erected because there was a time when black pastors weren't invited to the table of leadership or discussion. Somebody say he's going there today. There were several incidents that took place that added fuel to the fire, but there was one incident that was the straw that broke the camel's back, proverbially speaking. Lucy Byard, who was a light-skinned African-American, was sick one day and she went to an Adventist hospital. Uh, They were going to treat her because she was so light-skinned that she looked like a white lady. But when they realized that she was not a white lady and she was a black lady, they said, we cannot treat you here. We've got to send you to another hospital. And on her way to the other hospital, Sister Lucy died on the route to the other hospital. Now, 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 what's crazy is that in that hospital she went to at first, it was a seventh day Adventist hospital. And in that seventh day Adventist hospital, her black family did not matter, her black femininity did not matter, her black health did not matter, and her black life did not matter. And so in the 1940s, a group of black pastors decided it was time to secede from the jurisdictions of white dominance and create their own space. Their reasoning was that black leaders weren't given a chance to lead Their reasoning was that there was a great racial stigma and pressures of the day. Their reasoning was was that there was a lot of oppressive segregation. But the reason that arrests the longitude and the latitude of my attention tonight is that they realized that in order to get the Seventh-day Adventist message perpetuated and realized in the midst of Black people, perhaps this was the best way. That They understood that in Africa, it was white missionaries that told Africans the story of Jesus. They realized that in the Caribbean, it was European Protestant ministers that told them the old, old story. And so they decided that if we are going to get our end time message to our people, we must do it in the most productive way. They sought to spread the message. They sought to spread the message about the Holy Scriptures. They sought to spread the message about creation. They sought to spread the message about the great controversy between God and Satan. They sought to spread the message about the state of the dead. They sought to spread the message that you too can achieve salvation because if salvation was a thing that money could buy, then the rich would live and the poor would die. They they sought to spread the message of the two ordinances, baptism and Holy Communion. The former, your outward demonstration of an inward decision, and the latter, your outward demonstration of an inward remembrance. They sought to spread the message of spiritual gifts. They sought to spread the message of the law of God. They sought to spread the message of the millennium, the end of sin, and the gift of prophecy. But, I really appreciated that even in this move, they sought to spread the message that we as a Seventh-day Adventist church have a mission, have a mandate, and have a ministry to be seeking the lost and kindly entreating wanderers upon the mountain astray, and to win people to Jesus Christ, not primarily to our version of Adventism, but to call them to truth as it is in Jesus. And the good news is, my friends, all across the world tonight, you don't have to do it by yourself. you got angels on your side. But I know it's 2020 and we live in a postmodern era and we don't believe in angels anymore. But the word of God teaches that angels are real. In fact, one author, Sister White, she suggested at night when you're sleeping, you have angels of darkness wrestling angels of light and every morning you wake up it is a testament to the fact that the angel of light beat the angel of darkness and so understand that you ought to testify right there in the facebook chat that all night all day i got angels watching over me now the greek word for angel is angelos which doesn't just mean angel it also means messenger Heavenly angels are also messengers. And if you agree with that, then you're already in the text on tonight. Because in our text tonight, we have three angels that are bringing a clear message. In our text, we see three pivotal personalities of this particular passage who come with a message not to sound good, not to look good, not to make you feel good, but to give you hope in a sinking world, to give you guidance for the days ahead, and to give you peace in a stressful situation. But you know what the problem is? We have filled up with everything but a more sure word of prophecy. And the question I'd like to raise and the interrogative I'd like to promote on this evening is not did you get the message, but are you applying the message? Are you applying the message? And so the homiletical question is how do I apply the message of these three angels. Because I I believe, I don't know about y'all, but I believe that while the Bible is highly theological, while the Bible is highly Christological, while the Bible is highly soteriological, and while the Bible is highly eschatological, all of that doesn't matter if it isn't highly practical. If all the Bible does is give me knowledge, but not how to use that knowledge, I've not read the Bible properly. If all the Bible does is give me a lamp unto my feet, but not a light unto my path, I've not read the Bible properly. And and can I put a parenthetical pit stop right there? That's why I'm against these, you know, Bible reading challenges, you know, read the whole Bible in a month, read the Bible in a year, foolishness because we only do it to get bragging rights. You you just doing it to say you did it. But if you read 50 chapters uh, a day, but next week you can't tell me what you read, reading it did nothing for you. And so the relevant question of the text is, how do I apply the three angels message? Well, firstly, if you're gonna apply the three angels message, firstly, it teaches us you must direct worship to God. So so, someone type direct worship to God. And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell in the earth. John is in quarantine on the Isle of Patmos but God has something to show him. And here we have an analogy of the great commission. God uses the symbolism to John of the angels to remind us that supernatural power will accompany us as we share what God would have us share in the last days. Here it is, take note of this. Our job is to listen to the word while also mirroring the work of the angel let me back it up and say it again our job is to listen to the word whilst also mirroring the work of this of these angels To get out of our havens, our incubators of the church and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Can I tell you sharing the gospel doesn't mean beating people over the head with the Bible? Sharing the gospel doesn't mean telling folk they are going to hell if they don't join your local church today. Sharing the gospel is how you treat people who look differently to you, who have a different sexual orientation to you, who earn less money. Than you, and so this angel says in a loud voice, Fear God, give glory to Him, for the hour of His judgment has come, and worship Him who made heaven and earth and sea and the springs. Living water, this this angel reminds us to fear God, and in 2020, unfortunately, we have a diminishing concept of God. We can't talk about him in the schools, we can't talk about him at work, we can't even talk about him at home. Atheism is on the rise, agnosticism is on the rise, church attendance is on the decline because society is being desensitized to Jesus Christ. We don't fear him anymore. We don't reverence him anymore. We do whatever the hell we want to do. And we forget that the eyes of the Lord are in every place beholding the evil and the good. In this age of desensitization, you ought to be glad when you see someone worship God. You ought not stick up your nose when you see someone worship God. Oh, it's rare to see someone worship God these days. And that's what I can never understand why I go to churches and see people just sat there and not saying anything, not doing anything. When we talking about the cross, you sat there like the frozen chosen. But I think the hymn writer was right when he was thinking about the cross. He said, when I think about the cross, sometimes it causes me to tremble. In this age of desensitization you ought to be glad when you see someone worship God and that's why you have no right to tell somebody they can't lift their hands, they can't say amen, they can't shout or they can't sit there quietly and nod their head because what does my worship to God have to do with you? I'm just trying to remain sensitive to his voice and give him glory. I I I have a friend Pastor Richard Martin and he Ago, Rich was preaching somewhere, and I was there listening to Rich preach. And uh, and Rich told the story of a friend of his whose father was a quadriplegic, which means he had no legs and he had not the use of his hands and one day this gentleman was weeping in worship and 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 pastor rich said i asked the gentleman why are you crying and he said i'm crying for two reasons firstly i'm crying because worship is so good i wish i could raise my hand and then secondly i'm crying because i see all these people with two hands and they won't even lift one hand And all I want you to know is that sometimes you've got to put dignified to the side and worship him in spirit and truth, no matter how you look to them, because the hour of his judgment has come and judgment doesn't belong to them. Judgment doesn't belong to you. Judgment belongs to God. Judgment is a word that we don't like to hear too much about. Uh, We like words like grace and mercy and redemption. We, We don't like the word judgment, but you can't talk about God without talking about judgment. The attributes of God are in perfect equilibrium and equality, and he's as much a judge as he is gracious. Now, if the first angel, first messenger tells us that the hour of his judgment is come, and the first angel precedes the other two angels, which is a synchronization of time, that would suggest that judgment begins not when Christ comes again, but it begins before Christ comes again. Because when Christ comes again, y'all ought to get this, when Christ comes again, his reward, somebody, somebody shout reward, his reward is with him. And I know that many of us like to live a spiritually autonomous life with no standard of of accountability, but beware and be warned. There's a judgment going on. The judgment has set. The books have been open. How shall we stand in that great day? When every thought and word and action, God, the righteous judge shall weigh. Let me give you a little history here. You you do remember, don't you, that there was a time when the Millerite movement thought that Jesus was going to come back. They sold their possessions. They quit their jobs and they shacked up together and waited for christ to return on october 22 1844 but as you know they were wrong dead wrong because no man no woman knows the day or the hour but they went back to studying they went back to praying and they realized that they had the right time but the wrong event this became known historically as the great disappointment and what a disappointment it was. And do I have a witness here to testify? Isn't it disappointing when the Lord doesn't move how you expect him to move? When the Lord doesn't speak as you expect him to speak? When the Lord doesn't bless as you expect him to bless? That's because you want God to work on chronos time. That's time that is in minutes, hours, days, weeks, months, and years. But God does not work on chronos time. God works on kairos time. And and Kairos isn't days, minutes, hours, weeks, months, and years, nor Kairos time is whenever God decides. Because when he may not come when you want him to, but he'll be there right on time. And, and, and Sister Inez Mary back in uh, Oldham, England, taught me when I was growing up that there's a blessing in every disappointment. Well, 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 this was a great disappointment. And in math class, they taught me, I I didn't like math, but I remember that they taught me that whatever you do to one side of the equation, you must do to the other side of the equation. So if there's a blessing in every disappointment, that must mean that there's a great blessing in every great disappointment. And the great blessing in this great disappointment was that although Christ did not come, a phase of God's judgment began that was not in effect before. Now, here's the soteriological quandary: I'm not perfect. My friends know I'm not perfect. Y'all ain't perfect. How can we stand in a judgment where I'm guilty? Well, the good news is that although every judgment hall has a judge, praise God, uh, his own, the judge's only begotten son, Jesus, is our attorney. For for if anybody sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ. I feel good in here tonight. Someone ought to shout or type or something and say that Jesus is my advocate. Jesus is my, when I'm sad, to him I go. No other one can cheer me so. When I'm sad, he makes me glad. He is my friend. Uh, I, I, I'll never forget. I, I, I had a little situation some time ago, and I, and I was wondering who I could call to help me get out of this situation. And I went through my Facebook friends list. I went through my Instagram friends list, and I realized that out of all those several thousand of people, there was only about ten people I could call. JD and Kaguya, you were two of the ten. And so, and so you know, I thought it was cool to have thousands and thousands of friends until I got in trouble, and I realized I could only call 10 of them because I've lived long enough to know that not everyone you can count can you count on. And and I have a definition for friendship. Y'all ought to write this down because it's going to bless your life. I promise you. Here's my definition for friendship. A friend will promote you in your absence. A friend will defend you in your absence. And a friend will tell you the truth to your face, I wasn't going to say it twice, but let me say it again. A friend will promote you in your absence. A friend will defend you in your absence. And a friend will tell you the truth to your face. And if your friend doesn't do all these three things, that person might be a colleague, an associate, or a peer, but that person is not your friend. But I'm so glad that though there are question marks about some of our earthly friends, we have a friend that sticks closer than a sister and a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And he defends us to God. He promotes us to God. And if you sit down and talk to him, he'll tell you the truth about yourself. We we, we direct our reverence and glory to him because he cleanses and he advocates for us. But well, the text implies that if that isn't enough for you to give him glory, you want to give him glory because he made everything that you see around you. And so we apply the first angel's message by directing glory to God. Secondly, we we, we, we must apply this message by deciding to be in the right place. Text says fallen, fallen is Babylon that great nation which has made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. This esoteric statement is made. Fallen, fallen is Babylon, which has made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Now the text here does not say come out of Babylon. Doesn't say it right there. So I had to ask myself the question, why does the text not tell me to come out of Babylon, admonish me to come out of Babylon? Well, it dawned on me that if I just use my brain, Why would I want to be in a place that is fallen, that is adulterous, and that is associated with wrath? Let let me help you here. Now, Now, you do know that historically, Babylon was opposed to Israel, God's people. Babylon enticed Jerusalem into paganism and idolatry. That's why the Israelites rang out that lament by the rivers of Babylon. There we sat down and there we wept when we remembered Zion. It is crucial to understand the typological connection of end-time Babylon with ancient Babylon. Babylon historically was opposed to, obliterating toward, and oppressive of God's people. But in similar fashion, antitypical Babylon today opposes God's people and God's word. And I don't want to be affiliated or associated with that kind of place. And just as historical Babylon invaded Israel, destroyed the temple, deceived the people, so end time Babylon attacks and enslaves the people of Christ, blasphemes the heavenly sanctuary, and seeks to replace Christ as Lord. Last day Babylon is not just a system of apostate, not holding onto truth people and denominations, but Babylon also culminates in an alliance of ecclesiastical and civil political powers to in order to consolidate control over public policy and seeks to, allegorically speaking, cause us to drink of the wine of wrath that is born out of spiritual and political fornication. Because you do know that racism Sexism, xenophobia, homophobia plays out in policy. That's why we call it systemic. And I don't know if you see it in your city or in your country, but Babylon, a Babylonianish mentality is creeping its way to the forefront. Now, I ain't talking about people tonight. I'm talking about systems. You've got to be in the right place. Oh, but it's not enough to be in the right place. You've got to be in the right place worshiping the right person. There are some people that are in the right place, but they're arrogant. There are some people that are in the right place, but they worship their materials. There are some people in the right place, but they give homage to the wrong thing. I I want to be in the right place, Worshipping the true God and standing on his testimony. And that lets us know that while you may not be in Babylon, problem is a whole lot of folk got Babylon inside of them. If we're going to apply the message, three angels' messages, we've got to firstly direct worship to God. We've got to secondly decide to be in the right place. But thirdly and finally, we must not forget God's image. And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice If any man worship the beast and his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God. This third angel's message warns people against worshiping the beast and his image and receiving the mark of the beast on their foreheads, how they think, and on their hands, what they do. Uh, uh, Now, if you don't know who the beast is, what the mark is, you may end up worshiping him and receiving it without realizing it. Now, I, I know you didn't come to the quarantine revival to hear about this kind of stuff. I, I apologize. Trust me, I'll be out of your way and they probably won't invite me back ever again for quarantine revival. But the central theme of this message is a call to endurance in the midst of evil, sin, idolatry, and a false system. We have been admonished to worship God. To be in the right place. But now we are warned against worshiping the beast. Who or what is the beast? And what is the beast's mark? Well, if you look in Revelation 13, you'll notice there are two beasts. One from the sea and one from the land. One from the land and one from the sea. And they form an unholy alliance. And that unholy alliance... Forces and admonishes all people to worship what the institute has set up for us to worship on a particular day and a particular time that God has not said. And so understand the key issue here is not about people. The key issue here is not about a church. The key issue here is about worship and obedience. And whenever you see an unholy alliance between sacred, And secular and political, there's a problem. Now, let me say this, because I don't want to be misunderstood. While I believe in the separation of church and state, I believe that the church should be so powerful that it impacts civic, state, and federal leaders. Doesn't mean you ought to placate or brown nose who's in the White House, who's in the governor's mansion, who's in the mayor's office, but you ought to have the fortitude to speak truth to power. And some folk are going around saying, what would Jesus do in this kind of season? But can I tell you, Jesus has already showed us what to do. Jesus did not sit in the synagogue talking about present day events and last day events only. Jesus went out into the streets and he defended the causes of those who could not defend themselves. Jesus went into the temples and defended the causes of those who could not defend themselves. And I wish I had a witness here who could hit that like or love button if you believe what I'm saying on tonight, because if there is no room for justice, in your gospel then you've got the wrong gospel if there's no room for equality of women in your gospel you've got the wrong gospel if being black is if being black is a weapon in your gospel you've got the wrong gospel there is an image There's an idol, there's a mark, and there's allegiance to the idol. And the idol has become so prevalent and normative that now it's not even an issue. And do you know on tonight that if you read further into the text and you look further into history and you look further with a prophetic eye into the future, you will realize that the seventh day Sabbath distinguishes in this passage between true and false worship. Against the backdrop of an evolutionary hypothesis that has taken the world by storm, the Sabbath leads all of us to our roots. The Sabbath is an eternal reminder of our destiny and our identity. It places worth on Every human being, this three angels message should not scare you away from reading the book of Revelation. Nor this three angels message should remind you of your value in God's eyes. You can't be racist and keep the Sabbath because the Sabbath is a symbol of our common ancestry. Three angels message reminds us that we are in a battle but the message has come through that we already have the victory. And if you think on tonight that being a seventh day adventist christian gets you a pass into heaven, well I got news for you, you are dead wrong. Elijah wasn't a seventh day adventist. The 24 elders weren't seventh day adventists. And I know you'd like to think it, but news flash, news flash, Jesus was not a Seventh-day Adventist. He wasn't Baptist. He wasn't Methodist. He wasn't Catholic. He wasn't Church of God. He wasn't Church of God in Christ. He wasn't Episcopalian. He wasn't Presbyterian. He wasn't Assemblies of God. He wasn't African Methodist Episcopal, and he wasn't African Methodist Episcopal Zion. Jesus was a Jew, and yet he challenged Jewish traditional thinking because Jesus realized it wasn't about being the Jew, it's not about being Seventh-day Adventist it's about being connected to the Father and what the Father has to say about you. Sometimes you gotta shut out the noise of other people shut out the loudness of other people and be still and know that he is God. The third angel's message, I'm done here third angel's message seeks to remind us to worship him in the beauty of holiness. I'm through, when I tell you this, uh, uh, a few months ago, I had an early flight out of Newark Airport, Sabbath morning. I was had to be in New Jersey on that Friday night and my flight was at 5.30 from Newark Airport to get back to Austin to be at my church, the Alpha Seventh-day Adventist Church. I knew I had to be up early in the morning. My alarm clock was set for 4 o'clock, but the Lord woke me up a little earlier uh, and he woke me up at 3.15 and I could have stayed in bed another, you know, 30, 45 minutes but the Lord told me to get up, spend some time in prayer before I make this trip. And so I jumped out of my bed about 3.20, my bag was already packed, Uh, I spent some time in prayer and I jumped in the shower the driver came to get me, made my way to the airport, went to check in my bag and as I was walking away from checking in my bag, the agent called me back, sir, sir I was wondering what, what in the world does he want? He says, sir, your bag is broken. I said, what you mean my bag is broken? This this is to me luggage. To me luggage ain't supposed to break. And when I gave it to you, it was in one piece. He said, sir, your bag is broken. I don't know what happened. Uh, But you know how these gate agents are. All of y'all get on planes, so y'all know. These gate agents, they don't care about your luggage. They don't care how much you paid for your luggage. They just throw your luggage around like it's a piece of trash. The devil is a liar. Well, I didn't get mad. I didn't sweat it uh, because... I had time to spare because I did what the Lord told me and woke up a little earlier. I, I didn't create a scene. I didn't place blame, but this guy was getting real defensive. Uh, he said, it must have been broken when you gave it to me. Now, now, mind you, I'm kind of embarrassed because half my clothes are coming out the bag. He's getting real defensive with me, but inside I'm giving God the glory because if God didn't let the agent see that my bag was broke, My clothes and my shoes, my cologne and my deodorant would have been all over the place. So so I wasn't sweating it because I had time to spare because I did what the Lord told me to do and woke up a little earlier. And so I'm realizing he's getting too defensive. But then I see his supervisor and her name was Maureen. And she spoke with a Trinidadian accent. I I can recognize a Trinidadian accent because my family are from Barbados. So I know a Trinidadian accent when I hear it. And I said, look at God, because anyone whose name is Maureen and from Trinidad knows Jesus Christ. And so I said to this stormy brother, I said, man, peace be still. I'm gonna go over here and I'm gonna talk to Maureen because it looks like Maureen knows the Lord. And so you know what I said? I said, sister Maureen, I'm a pastor. I'm headed to preach at my church. And this brother seems to have broken my back. And and she works with me graciously. And she says, "Okay, go down to the baggage office and see if you can get another bag. But you see, I wasn't sweating it because I woke up early and I did what the Lord had told me to do. And so I go down to the baggage, the baggage place and they bring me out this hideous looking green bag. And I said, I'm not taking this hideous looking green. I had a nice case, and you want to give me this ugly green bag? But then I heard the voice of my mother who said, Beggars can't be choosers. And so I transfer my luggage and I've got this green bag and I go now to check in this bag and, you know, I get back to the counter and uh, I'm not sweating it because I did what the Lord had told me to do. But then I try and go through security. I try and go through the sky priority clear section, but that is closed. And so I have to go through the regular line and I see a long line and and, and now I'm kind of sweating it because it's getting a little close to the departure time, and I'm still not through security. Finally, get through security, and 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 you know how it is when you get through security, and your bag has something that has been flagged, and the bag has to go to the other side, and now I have to wait for the gate agent, the the TSA agent, to uh to go through my luggage, and so now I'm kind of sweating. I, I'm getting nervous now because the flight is boarding, and and my testimony went from I'll be okay because what I because I, because I did. What the Lord told me to do. To now, I don't. I did what He told me to do, and I'm still having issues. I know the boarding door is closing in five minutes, and so anyone that knows me knows I refuse to run through an airport. And so I'm walking briskly, and I have to go past thirty-six gates. And can I tell you, on that day, I was sweating it. I was. I was mad. I was the last person to get on the plane, but it didn't matter. Because I got on the plane. And when I landed in Austin, although I was the last person to get on the plane, glory be to God, I was the first person to get off the plane. I reached my assignment because I did what the Lord had told me to do. It wasn't an easy journey, but I listened to his message to me. I I would have had to get a later flight and if I went according to my own timeline. I would have gotten frustrated had I let the devil's hurdles in front of me get the better of me. But can I tell you on tonight that some days, my friend, I don't care where you are in America, England, the Caribbean, or Africa tonight, some days God will put your obedience to the test and sometimes the test will come after the obedience so God can show you that it really could have gone another way had you not heard and applied the message. I I, I got the message tonight. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord knows how to deliver them all. I got the message tonight. Glory be to the father and to the son. And to the Holy Ghost who was in the beginning is now and ever shall be world without... I I, I got the message tonight that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run in and they are saved. And I don't know about you on tonight. I feel good in my house tonight, but I got the message and I'm looking forward to the day When I can step off the airplane of time and land at my destination in eternity called the new earth and shake hands with the elders and shake wings with the angels. And then I'll watch the angels go sit in a corner while we sing a song they cannot sing. What's the song, preacher? I'm glad you asked. Redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, redeemed by his infinite mercy, his child and forever I am. I know there's a crown that is waiting in yonder bright mansion for me. And soon with the saints made perfect, at home with the Lord I shall be. I know I shall see in his beauty, the King in whose law I delight, who lovingly guard is my footsteps and gives me a song in the night. And you ought to testify, even in the midst of quarantine, that you've got a master who gives us a message, who gives us transformation. And I don't know about you on tonight, but I'm looking forward to the day when we'll get through all of this mess. No more quarantine and no more staying in place and no more viruses and no more sickness. Do I have a witness here who can open up their mouth and wave their hand and testify that I got yes sir, I got God's message but not only have I got God's message but I'm going to apply it because If I can apply his message, hallelujah to the Lamb of God. If I can apply his message, then some glad morning when this life is over, I'll fly away to a place on God's celestial shores. I'll fly away. I'm glad tonight that God does not leave us without instruction. He doesn't leave us without hope. The book of Revelation is not a book of doom and gloom. It's a book of light. It's a book of hope. Don't avoid it. Read it. Don't avoid it. Preach it. Because in it, you will find rest for your souls. Amen.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, the preacher has preached the word of God with power tonight and Pastor Grosvenor, we have received the challenge. We have received God's word. And right now, I want to just encourage the people before I pray for you, stay right where you are, Pastor Grobner, because we're going to pray for you. But I want to talk to all of you who've received this message. You don't want to just read God's word. You want to absorb it. You want to apply it. You want to be obedient to whatever the Lord declares. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is your opportunity right now to make your calling and election sure, to make a commitment to, to surrender unto God afresh and to give him your allegiance and to give him your obedience. If that is you in this moment, I'm going to pray a prayer of covering over you, and then we're going to pray over Pastor Grosvenor, who preached this word with power and with clarity tonight. Thank you, Jesus, for the word. Thank you for every person who tuned in this evening and were able to receive your message. We ask that you would be within us through the agency of your Holy Spirit, giving us the power to live in harmony with your divine will. We want to be obedient, oh God, We want in these final moments of earth's history to be found faithful so that when you return, we can go to glory. We can go to heaven and spend eternity in your pristine and perfect presence. So, God, help us. Help us as we have made the decision tonight to not just read your word so that we can boast about how much we have read. But we want, Lord, tonight to be able to walk in obedience. So I pray that in every area of weakness, you would be our strength. I pray for those who need special prayer, that you would go by where they are, that you would whisper sweet nothings in their ear, that you would empower us during this season. And I know, Lord, that you're gonna get the glory in our lives, those of us who need to be baptized. I pray, Lord, that you would put it on their heart to reach out to us, to reach out to their pastor, to make this decision and to move forward in the decision that they have made. We celebrate those who've received salvation. We thank you for those who were in darkness and are now transitioning into your marvelous light. We thank you for deliverance. And we say thank you for your word. We pray this in the precious name of Jesus the Christ. We pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Pastor, 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 pastor. pastor how do you feel after delivering that powerful message? I just got to ask you, how do you feel after sharing with us what God has shared with you.
4: Man, man, I feel I feel blessed to just be here and to share just with so much, so many great preachers. I'm, I'm just so honored. Uh, man, you are preachers all over the world. And uh, I'm just so honored to be here. And what an amazing vision yourself and your dad. Um, doing uh, this quarantine revival to part two. Uh, we felt thought we got to part one, but I'm just glad to be a part. And I'm, I'm glad to be a part of the family. Because uh, not every preacher is a part mm. of the family, uh, but I'm yeah. glad I'm a part of the family.
1: Well, listen, I I feel, oh my Lord, the anointing of God showed up tonight. It was heavy on you. And it's tra- it wow. literally is, is translating through the screen. Like we wow. feel God's presence And it is a result of your surrender. We say thank you for coming, prayed up. We say thank you for coming. You studied and you prepared, but Lord, you were plugged in tonight. And we say thank you. We're going to pray for you. If you don't mind, ladies and gentlemen, if you're tuning in right now, let's pray for this preacher. As I'm praying, I dare you to pray. I dare you to ask that God would do something great in his life. Why don't we go to God's throne right now in prayer? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for Pastor Laurent Groves, Grovner. We praise you, God, for his positioning in the kingdom that you called him for such a time as this. And, Lord, we are grateful for his faithfulness to preaching the unadulterated truth for letting us know tonight that your prophetic word has power. And, Lord, he demonstrated that prophetic word can be preached we thank you god for not just his willingness to be a minister of the gospel but we're we're grateful lord that you've positioned him to be a good friend to be a good son to be Uh, a good man of God who is an example of what it looks like to in the last days have the anointing of your spirit upon him. I pray that whatever his hand touches would prosper. I pray for your anointing to rain fresh on him each and every day. I pray that your favor would rest and rule on him like never before and that this next season of his life will be the best season of his life. In Jesus' precious name, we pray this prayer in faith. Amen. Amen. And amen. Again, thank you so much, Pastor. I got my kids who are walking in here, man. They heard the word and they're excited as well. You be blessed, man. And we're going to definitely bring you back. Y'all, if y'all wanna hear more from Pastor Grosvenor, if you wanna receive more of God's word through this man of God, then I dare you to press that heart button, press that heart button. I dare you to share this message. Blessings on you. Ladies and gentlemen, again, we celebrate you. We thank you for coming and worshiping with us this evening. We want you to know, that we have more in store. But tonight, sit on this word, marinate in this word, allow this word to ruminate in your mind. And I pray that as you think about what God has declared, that you would also be so gracious, so generous, so selfless as to share this word with somebody else. What a prophetic message God preached through his manservant, Pastor Laurent Now I want you guys to know that we have um, additional opportunities to partner. You didn't just come to receive a word. You also came to partner with us so that we can be a blessing to other people. And Pastor Scott, if you don't mind, man, can you remind the people just real quick before we conclude our worship experience on how they can give?
2: Listen, only thing you have to do is go to your cash app. Many of us have it. Go to your cash app, hit dollar sign, dollar sign. The Q Revival, dollar mm-hmm. sign, The Q Revival. But if you don't have Cash App and you still have PayPal, you can go to paypal.me slash The Q Revival. And if you don't have PayPal and you don't have Cash App, you can just go to the website, www.theqrevival.com. It all sounds familiar, doesn't it? The mm-hmm. Q R Revival on Cash App, PayPal, and on its own website. And so there are many ways that you can give. And so we encourage you to do so because it's not just going uh, uh, to the ether, it's going Mm -hmm. to a specific place where you can know uh, um, your funds are being utilized by someone in need.
1: Yes. Yes. Again, I want to put it on your heart that we do have a young lady that we want to help. This is a specific call to action. If you don't mind pouring in, being generous tonight, again, I made a commitment to pour in $50 this evening that will go over to this young lady. But we want to make sure that you also know that we are going to use the seeds that you sow to help, not just her, because she is one of many who are um, in a place of financial crisis. She just had a baby And we want to make sure that we bless her real good. So ladies and gentlemen, please go to our cash app, go to the PayPal app, go to our website. And so generously this evening, and I will give you an update tomorrow as we're sending over this money to be a blessing to her in this season of need. Pastor Scott, thank you for coming through, sir. You as always always our pleasure. Yes, yes, yes. Talk to the people. Give us our final word for the evening as we prepare to play our outro. Let the people hear your heart
2: listen god has been so good to us tonight listen i'm just so grateful to 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 be able to bask in the glory listen we've been in this thing for 17 days and we're going it's counting and god has just been blessing us and if you've been blessed look press just press the like button press the heart button Just show that you've been blessed tonight and that you can't wait to get up in this place tomorrow. Share it with somebody so that they can come in. Listen, this thing is not confined to a certain time. You've heard something somebody needs to hear. If you hadn't shared yet and you keep saying, I plan on doing it, mm -hmm, do it. I know you might be a procrastinator like me. Look, you can stop listening to me right now and share this thing. All right, we appreciate it. God bless all of you all for the rest of your life. We see you on tomorrow evening, same time, same channel.